when I was a kid, one of the things that we waited for and longed for was the arrival of the Sears Christmas Wish book. That catalog of Christmas delights and gifts and presents, things that I knew my parents would never consider getting me, but I still had that kind of hope that just maybe, maybe this would be the year that my parents would throw their values out the window and get me something that was completely unhelpful, that had lots of lights and noise and batteries included. Do you remember those kinds of days? How many of the kids that are here among us today or downstairs right now at their uh, lessons, how many of them are longing and hoping for some kind of beautiful gift to be under the tree? They're wishing and waiting. This Advent season, we are walking through the Psalms of praise and lament longing and joy. And this morning we are looking at the idea of hope. As we already heard Jason and Lacey say this morning, hope and wishes are not the same thing. Hope and wishing are not the same thing. Wishing is a wistful, passive longing for something that may or may not come true, but you have no part in it. Hope is something which is, lies at the heart of what it means to be a human being who knows the creator. In the Psalms, we hear over and over words of praise, thanksgiving, and calling out to God for help in times of trouble. The only reason we call out in these praises and psalms and longings is because we have a God who hears. We have a God who knows. We have a God whose love is steadfast and true. And so in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our days, in the midst of what lies before us, we give praise because our hope endures. Our hope is strong. We are filled with faith because we have a God who has been faithful. We can stand because we have a God who is steadfast in his promises, and in his actions for his people. Through the Psalms this year, we will be reminded again of the hope that is found in God, the God who comes to us to be with us, who does not love us from afar, but loves us from right up close. The God who gives us joy, joy that is not the same as happiness, 
joy that carries us through all circumstances, not only when life is good. In this season, we will learn from the Psalms that peace and love are more than just idealistic ideas that are somewhere out there, but they are realities that are lived within ourselves and within the community of the people of God. We praise our God because he is worthy. This morning, we read from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. As we hear of the circumstances of this one family, in Luke 1, verse 5, it says that in the days of Herod, King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Hidden in these short phrases here, there are a number of significant things for us to hear. In the days of King Herod, that may just be like kind of like a long time ago in a land far away, or if you're of the Star Wars persuasion, long, long, yeah, no. It's not just a placeholder in time in the days of King Herod, refers to a place and a circumstance in in history, one that is only a generation removed from the people who are hearing this for the first time as Luke writes this gospel story. King Herod is an outsider who has been proclaimed the king of the Jews, someone appointed over them who represents collaboration with the invaders, the empire of Rome that rules their land and oppresses their people. He was corrupt, he was egocentric, and he was vicious and cruel. In the days of King Herod, recognizes a reality that the people find themselves in. Their world is in turmoil. Their land is struggling. They as a people are suffering. And then we hear of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We find out that they are both part of the priestly order. To put it in common terms, they're good people. The right kind of people. People who have everything going for them because of their background and where they come from. But then we go on into verse 6 and 7 and we find out that not all is well for them. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly, it says, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both of them were getting on in years. just like their land of Israel was not doing well, they as a family were not doing well. Though there was nothing in their lives which would explain this suffering and struggle, they were righteous people. They were serving God faithfully. Zechariah is a priest in the temple. But they have no children, no legacy to carry on, 
no children who will care for them in their old age, which is just right around the corner. They have been longing and waiting for a child. But things haven't come together. In this short couple of verses, we see a microcosm of our own experience. As we look at our lives, we recognize that no matter how righteous we are, no matter how hard we have worked for the kingdom of God, no matter how hard we have worked to be good citizens in our society and in our community, things are not as they should be in so many ways. We struggle, we suffer, we long for a time when things will be made right. As a people of God, though, we have hope. Hope is not just simply a wish for a reversal of fortune, fortune where I was poor and now I'm rich. I had all of these problems going on and now I have no problems at all. Life was hard and now life is comfortable. That's not what hope is about. Hope is understanding that God's presence is with us, within our circumstances, whatever they will be. Knowing that God is bigger, God is stronger, God knows and God sees. God's voice is speaking truth into our world and into our lives. God's voice is bringing peace and strength in the midst of my fear and my weakness. And God's love never falters or wavers and God's victory over darkness is assured in our world. In Psalm 9, we read these words from verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So often in our lives, it feels like everything is against us. People are against us. Circumstances seem to somehow conspire to make my life more difficult than it needs to be. But as the people of God, we have hope because our God is a stronghold. That means a secure place in the midst of our insecurity. And he knows our circumstances. We are never forsaken. And the coming of God to be with us in person as a baby born in a manger reminds us of that truth that we are not forsaken. In Psalm 29, verses 4 and 11, we read of the voice of God. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. 
when we see all the untruth, all the betrayal, all the turmoil in the world around us, when we see that things are not right, and we just need someone to say on our behalf, this is not just. This is not right. We can give praise to our God because his voice speaks truth. When God speaks, all nations listen. When God speaks, his majesty reaffirms his rulership over our world, our lives, and our eternity. When we hear the voice of God, in the small, still hours of the morning, in the words of a friend who speaks to us in our time of need at the prompting of the Spirit, we receive the Spirit of God that gives us peace and strength for the journey that we are in. In Psalm 48, we hear these words about the love of God. We ponder your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. Your name, O God, like your praise, reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with victory. This psalm reminds us that it is the love of God that will accomplish all things not just for his people, but as it says in the, in the letter to the Colossians, that in Christ Jesus, God is reconciling all things to himself. That means all the little things in our lives that get in the way, and it means all the big things in our world that we have no control over. His love overcomes all of that and that love is manifested in the presence of Jesus with us in our world and in this moment as the spirit of the living Christ inhabits us fills us and reminds us of God's peace his love and his power St. John of Kronstadt a saint of the church has said this about hope. Hope also requires a life corresponding to the hope that we have. Hope also requires a life corresponding to the hope that we have. When we say that Christ is our hope, it's not just a wishful longing. Oh, I hope it all gets better sometime. No, it is a life that is tuned to the voice of God, that exceeds and proclaims the love of God, that praises God for his faithfulness, and that praises him for his presence among us each day, and then walks in the reality of that hope. How in this season of Advent will you and I walk in the ways of hope as we give praise to God in all things? Would you bow in prayer with me? Heavenly Father,
We thank you that in the midst of our world, in the midst of the darkness that threatens to overwhelm, we are reminded of the light of Christ in the world, the light that gives hope not just for us, but for all people, that you are the God who knows us, loves us, sees us, and comes to be with us. May we carry that light of hope with us into the world today and in the coming days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Derry MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.